So today I'm joined by Simon Dillon, a prestigious author Hello. Who, who has created a lot of books. That is true. I have written a lot of books. <laughs> um, thank you. Well, uh, prestigious, thank you for joining eh? us. Yeah, I would say prestigious. Thank you for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about your most recent book. Okay, well, I have a novel that's just come out called Phantom Audition. And this is another spooky gothic mystery, okay? Um, I want to... uh, Shall I just tell you a little bit about the story? Yeah, tell me a little bit about it without ruining the entire book. Okay, so, well, the premise is that uh, Mia Yardley, she's my protagonist, is an actress, uh, mostly does bit parts, who was married to a much more famous actor who has recently committed suicide in mysterious circumstances. Now, she's living in the Yardley ancestral home, this Jacobean mansion, uh, bereaved, you know, with sort of rather hostile staff around her. Who And there's a sense in which they don't like her, they don't feel that she's worthy of inheriting this, you know, where she's living, and a sense in which the house itself is kind of wants her out. Yeah, well, that's you know, what I was going to ask you. So you say gothic? Is there a yes. supernatural element to it? Well, that would be telling. <laughs> and there's and there's and what happens in the story is she then discovers her late husband's acting diary, which she was strictly forbidden from reading when he was alive. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. and in it, she discovers at first it just appears to be oh, it's a list of appointments with this woman Etta Amble, who's she, and it turns out that this woman Etta Amble is a psychic medium. Now. He took advice from her on what roles to take. And it so happened that his final role was to play uh, a character who was a fictional, famous abstract painter who also committed suicide in mysterious circumstances. And she comes to suspect that her husband may have buried himself in the part a little too much. Mm. Okay. And wonders whether there was a supernatural agency of some some kind involved in this because towards the end of his life after he'd wrapped shooting on the film it was kind of like he didn't break character again he was this other guy um and was a hedonist and was uh, you know kind of he dies of a drug overdose like yeah. this artist did and you know it was terribly terribly traumatic for her and you know was that the result of something supernatural you know that he'd buried himself in the part that way and investigations ensue so there you are interesting because there's a couple of ideas that are popping up in my head but for you what inspired this story uh well okay so interestingly enough um the initial inspiration for this uh was actually a a, a chilean film called a fantastic woman okay have you heard of that no it won best foreign uh film at the 2018 oscars and the the premise is essentially it's about a transgender woman who uh whose partner (laughs) dies very suddenly and she's then kind of ostracized by his family you know and very much shut out of things and it's about her grieving process but there's a sort of atmosphere in that story of kind of almost magical realism in the film uh, and there's for example there's a, and there's also a sort of metaphorical descent into the underworld and rebirth that's kind of key in in my story too and there's also a sort of a pseudo thriller element to it although it's not really so as i say it's an unlikely inspiration but there was this one image in the film of she's in a nightclub and she sees you know the ghost of her late husband looking out at her across the dance floor amid these strobe lights mm. and it's a very sort of eerie image and obviously it's kind of in her head but that image just stayed with me and I actually um, nicked it. Sorry, paid homage to it. 
um, in my book. But then what what got the, the the initial premise of my story about the you know the, the actor who took advice from the medium that's straight from the life of Peter Sellers. Yes, and Peter Sellers did that. You know, he he would not take a role unless his medium advised him. And and obviously uh, there are other cases that we know of of actors who have rather to put it well buried themselves in the part a bit too much. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Obviously, one of the the recent and had quite a bit of big impact with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes, that was that informed the story too. Yeah, I was going to ask you if that did because I think it's it's an interesting discussion. I think as human beings, when you take on someone else's character or e- fictional or fact uh, factual that impact it has on your own psyche and yourself and do you lose yourself and what happens well the thing is the story the, the whole book is about losing yourself mm. and regaining yourself uh and in a sense mia is trying to escape her husband's shadow you know even in death um and rediscover herself and at the same time the the you know the, the in contrast to that her late husband lost himself apparently either through, you know, possibly through supernatural means. Mm. Okay. So, yes, that is very much a key theme. So you referred, you've referred to quite a lot of uh, inspiration that's happened. How much research happens in a book like this before you actually get to the writing element of it? Uh, that's a good question. For this one, um, the Jacobean mansion that, that, you know, I did quite a lot of research into that because there are various houses you can go to in the UK which still have priest holes, for example. Okay, and, so explain what a priest hole is for somebody uh, okay, who doesn't Okay, well, know. Um, this is when Catholics, uh, during the time of persecution in British history, when Catholics were, uh, you know, were being hounded and, and couldn't practice their religion openly. So they would often be hidden in these priest holes, in these ha- houses, what, what they called them priest holes. They're like secret passages, secret chambers. Yes. In, and there are a number of old homes in Britain that still have them. Uh, the reason I mention them at all is because there is a, a sequence in the novel where involving the discovery of a priest hole in this mansion, a room and a passageway that she didn't know was there. Oh, creepy. And um, yes, there are trapdoors and tunnels, literal and metaphorical in the story that sort of, I won't get into spoilers, but, you know, the, the, the gothic tropes that I sort of play with and have fun with there. But but that had its roots in, you know, Jacobean, like I said, these Jacobean homes. Um, on the on the sort of film side of things, obviously I know a lot about film anyway. And so a lot of my knowledge of either, you know, my, my own uh, working history in terms of television and some film and what have you, plus what I know about cinema history and everything else, informed a lot of the plot as well so there's that research and then there's kind of the local research where it's set in the southwest of england some of that not too much this time but a little bit of that plays into it too yeah you can always hear the local knowledge shine through in all your books because they do have that touch well, well yelton is a real place i mean that's that's where i've kind of basically set it in and, in and around there so well talking about not giving away spoilers i know that the the ending of this was there were some challenges can you tell me a little bit about that without ruining anything this is to do with the writing process well yes. well I'll, I'll say this um with my two previous novels the irresistible summons and specter of springwell forest those both had kind of big dramatic twist endings that were kind of you know and yes. i think were very satisfying to a lot of people they were also by the way much scarier novels than this one is i think i want to be clear i mean i i'm writing within a sort of gothic horror thriller spectrum where 
those two were very much horror, whereas this one, this one's a bit more psychological drama thriller. But what okay. made you change that tact? Because well, that's, that's a bit well, of a departure. It's not really a departure, not really. It's just that it's not as scary. Okay, yes. and you know, and you know, there's some pretty extreme stuff that happens in the Irresistible Summons. This one is just as suspenseful. You know, it's a nail-biting page turner. But uh, this time, I wanted to be a bit more ambiguous. And a bit more kind of, I, I, a lot of my books are a reaction to what I've written before. So Phantom Audition was kind of a reaction to some of the other ones. Yes. As a sort of, you know, and it, I, I wanted something that was a bit more kind of people who have been put off reading maybe Spectre of Springwell Forest or Irresistible Summons because they're worried they'll get scared. This one's not too scary. Okay. Yes. My mother could probably read it and she's a total <laughs> wuss. So, you know, give it a, give it a go. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's a real, but it is just as gripping and suspenseful. Now, the ending specifically caused me an issue because um, I wrote the book because I wanted to write this ending. I don't write a book unless I think of an ending that I love. Yes. Okay. But while I was writing it, I had a major bout of doubt writing it because I felt like I was worried that the, the ambiguity in the ending would put people off. Mm. Okay. And so I panicked and then I wrote six other outlines of the ending, all of which were based on silly twists and things that were, you know, and, and I went full circle on it and eventually had the courage of my convictions and wrote the ending I'd originally envisaged. And then I tested it on my wife, my most severe critic, I must say, and a great beta reader. And she, um, I did this with, I held my breath because my wife does not much care for ambiguity. Um, in things she she likes clear-cut sort of endings and things and and I was worried about this and I got to a point where um I mean you know I so and she loved it she absolutely loved it and so I was like oh this is brilliant because if you think this is a good ending if you think I've nailed this then hopefully everybody else will too and then all the reviews I've had have been raves unanimously for that and you know and and it seems everybody likes the ending. So my original instinct was correct. So, but it was a really, I felt like I had to take a bit of a leap with that one because I felt like I was pushing myself and challenging myself in ways I'd not really done yet as a writer. Well, that brings me on to my next question because I was going to ask you, this isn't your first rodeo. How would you say that your novels are being received by readers? Oh, well, well, these, as I said, Spectre of Springwell Forest, Irresistible Summons and Phantom Audition, all three of those have had unanimous raves. Which is so, awesome. Which is brilliant. From all, <laughs> and, and, you know, so all of my gothic mysteries people love. And to be honest, I have written in other genres, but it seems to be that I'm I'm good with this particular kind of story, which is, you know, and I love writing them. I just really love the, the, the kind of playing with the, the conventions and the tropes and trying to do give the reader what they want, but not the way they expect it. And in the case of Phantom Audition, you know, as I said, my wife, when she read it, there were certain things that were happening. So, oh, yes, it's this again. I can see where you're going with this. What about, oh, and then being surprised. And one of the things I felt with Phantom Audition in particular was I believe that the final component in any story is the reader. Yes. So what you bring to it completes the picture. And I wanted to, with Phantom Audition, I wanted to expand that in a way that, it's not that it doesn't, you know, it has a clear ending. It's just that what you interpret in in it and what you bring to it depends on who you are. And I did want, the, as I said, I did want to leave room for the reader in a much greater way than I had previously with this book. And so, yes, I think, and, and I'm thrilled that it's being so well received. Well, I think it's also fair to call you a prolific writer because this is your third novel in less than a year. 
Oh, you mean in terms of the release schedule? Yes. Yes. So can we expect more soon? Are you going to keep going at this pace? Because it's immense. Okay, actually, no. This may be disappointing to hear, but but I need to, to take a break, actually, and calm down a bit. Not take a break from writing but to take a break from uh, the sort of relentless release schedule and, and you know, because I put myself under a lot of pressure this year. Um, and I do feel that it's good. I've given, you know, I've had a lot that I've been holding on to that I've released, but I need to slightly go away. And the, the gothic mystery thing is going to go on hold for a short while because for two reasons. Firstly, I want to revisit some of the things the other manuscripts that i have in various states of disrepair um i want to have a look at those and see if i um want to maybe publish those i do however have another gothic mystery (laughs) (laughs) you do Um, how not shocking no i do i have it i'm not going to tell you the title or anything about it other than to say that rest assured I will be back. There will be more gothic mysteries on the way. The one that I'm about to write, I have an ending that I'm so excited about and I'm gagging to tell people, but I can't. Um, and uh, yes, I'm really excited about this next... I will write it early next year, okay? But I do need time to sort of take stock process. And so I don't know whether you'll see it from me until uh, probably not next year, but at some point. So in terms of this gothic mystery, if somebody listening wants to get a hold of it, how can they actually read this book? Okay, Phantom Audition. Uh, you, it, It's available on Amazon. And uh, in fact, if you if, if you just Google Phantom Audition, Simon Dillon, you'll find it in various outlets. But, um, you know, it's available in paperback. It's available, uh, you know, in Kindle, uh, whichever format you prefer. I'm personally, I'm a dead tree person. I like my books in dead tree format. But I know, you know, Kindle is equally valid. And if people want to read it that way, they can read it that way. So um, please get it. And I hope you like it.